Hi there, and welcome to episode 24 of the Frameworks and Flywheels podcast. This is Chaitanya. And this is Archit. Hey Archit, how have you been? Doing good, doing good Chaitanya. How are you? I'm good as well. I think uh, Happy New Year firstly to you and our listeners. Yes, Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, I, I think uh, we're, we're off by a week, but I think it's fine. It's, it's, uh, we can use all the wishes we can get for a, for a year better than 2020 at least. Yeah, and, and low low expectations, low benchmarks. So. <laughs> Very low expectations. <laughs> Very low expectations. Although I think people seem to have done the opposite, right? You put all, all, all their eggs in this basket, that 2021 will redeem the last year. But I think uh, it's better if it's, we keep it low. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, anything better than 2020 is fine. Yeah, that's true. So I think for, uh, for today's episode, um, so... Uh, I thought we could have a freewheeling discussion about uh, money. I'll, I'll give you the context of why I thought of this and then you know, we can sort of get it. Right. Um, I recently finished reading this book by Morgan Housel, Psychology of Money. It's a book we, I think we discussed on this podcast before. And um, it has some great reviews and stuff. Right. And we discussed the, the article and, and I think a couple of his other articles. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought, you know, the, the book is probably going to, like most nonfiction books, it's probably going to be like an article that should have remained an article and not a book. But I was pleasantly surprised. It was a really, really good book and has lots of really thoughtful uh, thoughts on money. But what was more interesting is the process of thinking about it. That you know, generally about uh, finding truths about money and you know, focusing on objectivity and statistics and facts and you know, uh, and you know, moderation and all of that rather than you know, being not being driven by emotions. So it's a really good book. I would highly, highly recommend it. And you know, we'll add it. We'll add a link to it at the end of uh, in our show notes. But I thought, you know, it'd be a good opportunity. This was a good opportunity to sort of also, given that this is the week that uh, Elon Musk became the world's richest man and Bitcoin hit 40K. And, you know, and as you said that, you know, companies are probably doing their annual budgeting and appraisal, appraisals as well. It's a, right. uh, it's a hot period for money in general. So I think, uh, I thought it'd be, it'd be fun to have a freewheeling chat between the two of us who are both, neither of us are self-professed uh, experts of any kind on money. So I, I, I know it's, yes. But but love talking about such things. So I thought you know, it'll, and it would lead to an interesting and philosophical discussion about money. Um, right. Without you know, if, if either of us is really into it, we'd probably get into the uh, you know what gives us more returns. Should I buy Bitcoin or not, and things like that. And because neither of us neither of us are like that, I feel like it, it would lead to an interesting place. Um, right. Right. Yeah. So so I, so 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 to start off this discussion, I feel like. A, a good way, a good sort of, you know, hook to get us started would be this. And I have a question for you. Um, right. A lot of people have this notion of, um, for lack of a better word, a lot of people call it FU money, right? That what is the kind right. of money that once you have this much money, you can do whatever the right. hell you want and you can tell people to uh, screw themselves and, and do whatever you want in your own life. Um, right. Do you have a number? And you know, let's take that as a starting point and get into this. So, do you have a do you have a number, Achit? A very interesting question to start off with, but uh, uh, I I don't I, I really don't have a a, a number. I mm. have made calculations in the past mm. uh, on uh, what could be a what could be an, an expected number that that would constitute as uh, as a few money for a, for a lack of a better word as in we tried looking for a better word that's yeah. out there but we could or a politically correct word that's out there uh, but uh, we couldn't find one so yeah uh, but but i don't i don't really have a number per se uh, mm. and 
as in without going into uh, and this is this is more of a personal kind of a thing uh, here um, i i don't really buy into that idea of uh, stopping work after uh, achieving a certain amount of money hmm. so um, let's assume uh, and let's put a number to it for the sake of the discussion mm-hmm. that let's assume that you have 10 million dollars in the bank at mm-hmm. the age of 35 which right. would constitute uh, this this kind of uh, a corpus in which people would or 80% of the people would actually uh, decide that to. okay they don't really have to work yeah. right uh, the um, yeah. so i i do as in personally speaking i do enjoy uh, working so even if i uh, let's say get an exit or make some money or make some uh, create this kind of wealth mm. uh, in the next 5 to 10 years mm. uh, the next day most probably and possibly after after a few months of break and things like that but uh, most likely uh, it would be on to the next uh, next scope of work or something right. like that right, right? right. Uh, one thing that has actually influenced me a lot and this is something that i read way back in 20 14 or 2015 which was uh, Clayton Christensen's book on uh, how will you measure your life yeah uh, used to be an hbr article uh, turned into a book slightly more descriptive in nature and so on yeah. um uh, in which he states he, he makes a very pertinent point which is uh, that money essentially gives you options right? mm. uh, and that has actually uh, kind of stuck with me over the past 5 6 years Mm. uh in the sense that uh, it's good to have wealth so once you have uh, an x amount of corpus then you can take that decision you don't need daily necessarily have to go into uh, regular uh, uh, work yeah. right on a day to day basis or or chasing the rat race whatever you want to call it that uh, but it gives you an option to pursue your dreams or work for organizations uh, which you otherwise wouldn't have uh, given the constraints of money given that you have a certain amount of life a certain type of lifestyle certain people who are dependent on you uh, but once you have that level of uh, of wealth i think then you can obviously chase that uh, uh, dream and rather than just uh, retiring so so slightly rephrasing this whole concept of fuck you money a sense that you can go out and uh, um, um, do whatever you want but essentially giving you option Uh, but i i would still uh, i won't won't retire uh, most probably but but again just to qualify that entire statement i think you you uh, mentioned it at the start of the the episode uh, both of us are uh, are fairly uh, uh, noobish about this whole idea of of wealth and wealth creation right mm. uh, so so that way it is uh, it is how it is but but yeah that's 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 how i would uh, approach i don't have a number to it but uh, yeah i don't i'm not really chasing for a chasing a, a, a definite number to attach to this uh, this whole concept mm-hmm. what about you do right. you have a numbers uh not really i mean um, mm-hmm. earlier I, i don't think i had a number but I, i for a long for long time especially in my early 20s i was like yeah of course i'll retire at 35 uh, i'm not mm-hmm. sure why in my head i was like fairly clear that yeah yeah we'll work through here a few years and then um have some kind of an exit or, or something of that kind and things will be sorted after that and um in the last couple of years i think i've become more aware that as similar to what you said no that i, I don't think i would ever really retire i mean i don't i wouldn't probably wouldn't know what else to do and you know you keep yourself engaged and stuff but right. uh, i've understood better what this means so uh, the the notion of as you said no financial freedom of a certain kind that lets you try mm-hmm. more interesting and more conventional more uh, unconventional things um that are probably more risky from a 
standard uh, career point of view or a or a life point of view even right that you know maybe if you do some of these things that uh, others in your life can get affected and it's too much of a risk to take maybe but uh, i realized that okay you know what if i make if i make some money it gives me the optionality to do, to do those things so that that would be nice right. um i haven't really put a number to it or anything like that but but now i'm more aware of this notion that okay you know what if i want to do some of those things uh yeah. it would be good to sort of say get to some kind of a number so that you know i can do it more consciously in my 20s i was like yeah yeah i mean some fat bag of cash i will end up with and then i can do whatever i want which is like too vague <laughs> to actually uh, to be actionable but now i've become a little more aware of the notion that if i um, figure something out uh, yeah. then you know i can try more interesting things so i haven't really put anything in, into Uh, action or you know come up with a number or anything but i but i do recognize that as you said you no know, it gives you optionality to try a little more uh, adventurous things and things like that but i don't uh, as you said likewise that I, i don't think i'd stop working or anything like that. um right but it's interesting that you know so many people have this notion of it i feel like the num- i i've met quite a few people just generally when you talk to people at work and stuff but a number of people in our generation and maybe a little younger also you know who who want to retire at 35 and um, Okay. I think why why do you think that is the case? Ha, huh, I think for maybe for a lot of people I feel like maybe because we we're we're like a this smartphone generation and you know we're constantly working and we work a lot more hours than say our parents generation used to. So uh-huh. it, it feels like I think we're we're always it's like our rat race is a new kind of rat race. Like for for us for us even work is a new kind of rat race and you know there's no respite. Right. So I think that people just think that once they get make enough money they can exit this rat race or whatever race it is. um and it we're living quite high st- stress lives no and i feel like people think that if they get this fat bag of cash they can finally make that exit uh, but i don't think that will happen right you're hoping that the money will give you an answer the answer doesn't lie but just to just to just yeah. to continue the analogy and and obviously we have seen uh, as in the actual rat race that is there uh, so uh, as humans do you see uh, uh, a rat running faster so as to exit as in how does it help the rat exit the rat race uh, if he just starts running faster correct right uh, precisely yeah. so i feel like you'll still be a rat at the end of it right uh, i think at some point <laughs> it would be probably probably... faster bulkier rat yes but yeah. yeah and and i think there is this hope that maybe um you will somehow stop being a rat and you can just walk out of the race but i think maybe what's needed is suddenly uh, at some point you recognize what you really want in life and what matters to you and all those things and you start setting some boundaries and all of that no um, right. i think uh, what the what you value in life you start focusing more on that and those kind of things uh-huh. maybe it won't happen to everybody but right. i feel like that's what people are getting at when you see you know not not just this right not just the whole um, oh, i'll retire at 35 and travel the world but even generally people are like you know oh i'll move move to the mountains and set up a cottage in the himalayas and you know live and live mm-hmm. there and right. grow my own vegetables and like uh, if you really want to do that uh, that's great and yeah, you should do it but i i see a lot of people who are our age and are say profile saying these things and i feel it is a need or a need for a certain kind of respite from our current lives um but then why do why do you need an x amount of money to do that that's the uh, that's the question to ask right uh, maybe you do require some money but uh, i i'm assuming people who are having these kind of discussions are already in slightly uh, well paying jobs already in their in their in their careers right, right. they are earning decent amount of 
uh, money right now. Uh, but this whole idea of making uh, a million dollars or a, or a couple of million dollars and so on, mm-hmm. uh, and then retiring seems slightly uh, flaky in that case, mm-hmm. uh, because you don't really need, uh, uh, as in an Indian currency, that's that's like seven crores or something like that. Right? Right, right. Uh, that's too much if you money, if you if you ask me, honestly <laughs> speaking, to go out to a Himalaya and uh, and uh, uh, and then farm there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, people might have exotic tastes, ex- exotic tastes or interests in the mm. sense that they want to travel the world, and then possibly they require more money to do that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it, it seems slightly flaky or slightly uh, Instagrammy, so as to speak, yeah. uh, about uh, about the whole concept of of wealth, right? Mm. Maybe because, uh, maybe it's because people don't have enough connection, conviction to do it. So they think that if I have enough money, then I will have the license to do it, right? So what they're actually looking for is conviction. Um, there's actually a great, great story about this in, uh, in this Psychology of Money book, right? Uh, he right. talks about, uh, this is a blog post by Derek Sivers. So Derek Sivers, you might have watched some of his TED Talks and stuff. He's quite a, yeah. he, he writes really interesting stuff. Also, uh, a big recommend for, uh, he wrote a book called Anything You Want, which is really just right. like a, a, bo- a, bit of a book like a, a bit about what we're talking about. He just says, you know, you can do whatever the hell you want. It's a very interesting sort of book. I do recommend it. Uh, coming back to the blog post. Um, so he had a, he started some company and he sold it for some $20 million and it was all his. There's no funding or anything. So he just made all the money. It was 100% equity and stuff. Right. So some friend of his asked him that, you know, when did you become free or when did you become financially free or something like that. And he says that I used to, um, that he made some 20 thousand uh, in his first job after college he made some twenty thousand dollars a year or something like that and uh, it was a really small amount of money but he, he used to save aggressively and you know he just he found after living expenses he made some x amount of money and right. um, and, and what he did is and he had that number that I, I want to have to get to, I think eighteen thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars or some kind something like that some corpus which is I think six months of earning or some kind of right. they need they yeah. need money and um, and he realized that that once he hits that point. His living expenses were some six thousand dollars a month or something. So he's like, that I can get by playing music. He's a professionally trained musician. Right, right. He's like, uh, once I get to the safety net money, I can live off just you know playing money, playing music, and uh, and then you know I can do whatever I want. So I can just do that, and I I never have to take a job again. Right. right. And, and right. then he tells the story that you know, that's the day I became financially free. And, uh, right. and, and the right. friend is like, wait, what about the $20 million you made as a company? He's like, oh, that came much later. That didn't really change. But that didn't really change anything for me. <laughs> right? And so, so it's a great lesson because he's like, for him, uh, A, being financially free was, he actually wanted to be financially free. And for him, it, it was only a matter of, okay, uh, an honest assessment of, okay, this is how much I need to be free. And then he became free. So it's like a more of a mindset thing, right? So, right, right. So, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't about the quantity of money. The quantity of money is really, really small. Right? Because he was very clear that for me, the autonomy is more important than the, um, you know, the lifestyle or whatever. Right? So, right. but in most people's cases, maybe that is flipped, including maybe even me, right? Like the, the, that, that is flipped in the sense that you actually don't have that, cons- that, that um, conviction or the mindset. You're not ready with that mindset yet. Right. So, so for you, actually, um, it's it's a lot more about making more and more money till you can convince yourself that yeah, it's okay to be you know quit and be free. While for him, being free it was just a question of, of course, I want to be free, and you know this is the bare minimum I need to get there. And he really just got to that bare minimum. Right. It was a really small amount of money, it was like literally twenty thousand dollars, dollars or something. 
and uh, right. you know, after that i don't need to work again and uh, you know to do that with a clear conscience and you know super conviction um i think it was quite admirable right? and, and he's like that was the kind of shift in the in the head right so later when he made 20 million dollars also for him it was not really like a freeing thing because he was like i was free many years before financially and you know mentally so I, so 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 if you really want if this really matters to you being free like this like you do it at the lowest cost possible right like um you know probably build your lifestyle around and, and there are some people who do that also right like you see some of these fire people right so there's a move i don't know if you heard of this um, i have not right it's called financial independence retire early so fire okay so okay the, so okay. these people who retire at 35 and stuff like that no so there's right. uh, lean fire and fat fire so lean fire are people who reduce their living expenses as much as they can and then they live off a certain corpus that they save and mm-hmm. um, fat fire is the people who make a lot of money and then they live off that you know whatever interest and stuff they you know just spend okay so it, this is quite popular online we see a lot of these forums and all but now it's a bit like a bit of a cult and stuff like that i don't know like i mean it's not um Maybe people are overdoing it. Sometimes I feel like that when you read some of these forums and stuff. But um, but anyway, um, right, right. Yeah. As in, as in, again, just to reiterate my point, I have this problem of um, juxtaposing both financial independence and retiring early together. Right. Uh, that's most people do. No, no. Most people do. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, so I have a follow-up question on that. Mm-hmm. Would the nature of things that you do change if you reach this? financial independence point not drastically work. no not not really as in possibly i see i i work at an organization right now mm-hmm. uh, possibly i would have a would have like uh, more uh, courage or more conviction to um, act on a particular or or start my own uh, organization or something like that but mm. it will be very similar it will be broadly speaking and and again uh, it, it we really do sign, sound like geeks when we start talking about b2b saas bottom up and things like that mm. so on right it is very specific vertical within a specific vertical itself mm. uh, but the point being is i do uh, understand tech that's the only thing that i understand mm-hmm. uh, and uh, i i probably end up working in the same ecosystem my the role might change uh, mm. but the ecosystem would would i am i'm fairly sure that the ecosystem would remain the same i don't mm-hmm. really have uh, things like as in people do talk about as in going to the uh, to the mountains and start a farm and things like that uh, I, i possibly don't understand that well enough i don't i'm not capable don't have the skill set to do that the only skill set that i do have at least i i would like to believe that i do have that skill set is uh, working in 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 tech in whatever capacity and that that will remain the same hmm. but the optionality as as you mentioned the optionality would be slightly as in the, the dynamics with respect to optionality would be different different sorry but uh, the domain i i am pretty sure that the domain would remain the same hmm right and so there's a, and there's another follow up but very uh, interesting but very yeah. interestingly for you it's slightly different uh, at least uh, at least that, that's what you uh, tell people so i hope i would not like to bring up those aspirations <laughs> on this podcast but um, sure, sure, sure. Uh, i have slightly more uh, eclectic aspirations yes. or uh, when i achieve some financial independence and we'll see how those pan out um, <laughs> few years so, but I'll, i'd like to keep that uh, off the public record <laughs> we'll we'll keep it for a for a very later episode somewhere five five years down the line if it happens yeah yeah i mean the episode yeah. will happen for sure 
uh, but if sure. this does pan out or not, we'll we'll find out in a few years. Of course. Um, but a follow up to this, right? Which is a is an interesting thing, thing that you said that, and something related you were telling me earlier before we start recording is that you also think that most people's most of people's wealth is generated from a single skill or a single source. Um, but most people don't live, but, yeah. but most people don't function like that for some reason. Right? They're always chasing returns wherever they can find them, and they're looking for a pot of gold. But but you said something quite the opposite that you should you rather focus on that one thing that you're really good at. Because that's where you're going to make right. your money. Um, would you would you like would you like to elaborate on that? Yeah. So I I don't know. Again, uh, just a disclaimer. Again, here uh, I don't know whether it is something that I have thought of. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty sure it's uh, it's as I like like most of the ideas. It's uh, uh, aggregation of uh, other people's uh, original thought. Right. Oh, oh. Uh, that being said, uh, and and mixed with uh, mm-hmm. uh, let's say a deep insecurity about. Uh, uh, just understanding one thing, right? Which is tech, which I just spoke about, right? Uh, so the whole idea that I have of wealth, and this is something that we were discussing before this, uh, is that uh, most people uh, earn a significant portion of their wealth, mm. uh, if not the entirety of it, mm. is earned through one key skill set, which I like to, as in using a, an NBA analogy, as a clutch skill set, right? Okay. Uh, so you are a fantastic, maybe one is a fantastic uh, real estate expert. One is somebody who's extremely good in sports, uh, somebody like Sachin Tendulkar or, or any other player uh, for that matter, or Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, or you are extremely good in something like tech, uh, like, like, uh, like Mr. Butterfield. Uh, and you keep churning organizations or F. Williams or Reed Hoffman and, and so on, right? The Happy Fell Mafia and so on. Uh, you're extremely good in that domain and you keep generating more and more wealth uh, initially as a creator and maybe down the line as an investor or, 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 a, or a facilitator for uh, creation, right? Uh, but the whole idea is that you are great at creating something. If I have to mm-hmm. use the technology, if sports, uh, sports person, is very interesting because they make a lot of money outside sports as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, my argument is that the key skill set is I, I I don't enjoy Sachin Tendulkar's acting, right? Yeah. Uh, even though I see him in a lot of advertisements, but I don't think advertisement is the reason or, or acting is the reason he's doing he's getting those uh, advertisements. Acting personality is the reason he's getting those. Uh, those deals Uh, it's because of that one key skill set that he had which was fantastic uh, being a great batsman great sports person but um, and and those and and you you just translate those across different fields and make money out of it right Mm -hmm. Uh, which closely ties up with the argument uh, or with the discussion that we were having before right uh, as in, uh, as in, in the in the in the episode itself, which is uh, how do you make your wealth? Uh, so if somebody is, uh, uh, I mean, again, again, just to take uh, take my example because I can't find a better example, uh, but just to talk about uh, about myself uh, would be that I I would assume that most of most wealth that I would end up creating would be in in tech. Uh, maybe not in um, basically investing the savings that I have into uh, 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 into uh, serious equity investments or things like blockchain and so on. As I'm this week 
I do have serious FOMO with, with regards to blockchain right now. Uh, but still, crypto rather. Uh, oh, blockchain as in uh, cryptocurrencies, yeah, Bitcoin. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. Uh, thanks for that. But but yeah, the the whole idea is that uh, possibly you will end up gaining us a, a percentage improvement. That would be a ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent improvement on your wealth. Mm. Um, versus focusing on that key clutch skill set uh, would gain you multiples, right? Multiples mm-hmm. of your wealth. So you'll end up as an. I hope that. Uh, uh, you end up working for an organization, creating something, and get a f- better ex- get an exit out of it. Uh, would create more wealth than uh, investing into uh, uh, a Bitcoin or or uh, high yielding uh, equities and so on. Right, uh, and that's how I would assume. And I have been trying to do a horrible time horrible time management, but um, but I have been trying to look at it from that level of focus in the sense that. Uh, you should focus on if I have five hours to spare, uh, rather than researching equities, I would rather work on reading some long read on tech or something like that, right? Or learning a programming language or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that is essentially strengthening your uh, key skill set uh, or your clutch skill sets. And then look at uh, and possibly around that hammer of a skill set, uh, you build uh, adjacent skill sets like communication and things like that. Uh, which help accentuate your key skill set to and takes it to a slightly different level. Mm-hmm. So that's the argument. Again, again, it comes from f- multiple levels of insecurities with respect to not understanding finance and financial technologies in in the manner uh, I'm expected to, given that I have a degree in 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 that domain. But but yeah, it's just because uh, I, I I I I like to believe that it's because of that insecurity that. Uh, I just like to keep it simple and focus on just one thing. Yeah. No, but it's a, it's a really um, interesting and valid point because um, you're essentially saying that you know that there's one th- there's it's, if you like a list down a bunch of things that you're good at, it's probably you're probably quite decent at only one or two things, and yeah. uh, you'd rather spend your time getting even better at one of those things rather than being an okay investor and also being an okay uh, real estate uh, buyer and also being an okay uh, some other thing, right? Uh, so it's uh, slightly adjacent as in I can I uh, it's slightly wider in that sense uh-huh. in the sense that I don't mean that you do understand just one facet of technology right, right. No, that that's you okay. understand tech as a domain right? true true that I uh, yeah but but I think but like right now I, it would be uh, very difficult for me to be a tech invest or uh, tech investor as well as a real estate investor that is my problem as in a lot of people do try to do that uh, but uh, and I am I'm speaking without any data right now, yeah. uh, but uh, my assumption is that most of the wealth would come from that one thing that you do understand well inside out. Mm. No, because this is, again, this is a very interesting and good time to bring this up because, uh, like, like you're talking about crypto and stuff, right? Like Bitcoin hitting 40k. Like, there are a lot of people who are suddenly like say bullish on Bitcoin or bullish on Tesla's stock, for example. Uh, who are not probably you know active investors of any kind, right? But suddenly all this is, all of this is happening, and they're like, oh, you know, I'm I'm into investing and things like that. And what happens when the excuse me? Uh, what happens when the chips are down, right? And what happens right. when um, um, say the market loses steam and all that? Would you be, would you be as interested? Um, what if you lose a bunch of your, your money? And um, that's not to say that you know oh, um, don't say don't speculate or don't spend your money in crypto or whatever it is, but 
the notion that you can be a um, that you can be a casual investor and become very very rich and you know just that you would enjoy that versus mm-hmm. say whatever it is that you also do um, on a daily basis uh it's it's a it's a great point because i feel like like i have a lot of friends now who are doing that right and i'm like uh but are you really into this right could you keep doing this and um and do you really think you will make a lot of money like this right so it becomes really right. as you said not very formal driven in that sense uh and i think there's nothing wrong with it in the sense that okay if you just put some money saying that hey i just want to see what it's like which is fine but i think people yeah secretly hope that they become super rich but are not going to put the time or the effort required to get to that point of expertise or or even luck that comes with that sort of expertise all uh, all right. right? yeah. so but the opportunities that that might arise because say you re- you're really you really 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 know your know your no crypto inside out um, right. right right and then, and then you you look at some somebody like a a berkshire hathaway right and then yeah. uh, i think now they have started investing or putting some money into tech because there are other people who possibly understand tech who are mm-hmm. managing money for them yeah um, but both buffett and munger Uh, were very vocal about industries that they do understand uh, in most cases as consumers like yeah. coca colas of the world and mcdonalds of the world and so on yeah. um and not really investing into high growth high value companies for for uh, for all practical purposes but uh, not investing into those organizations simply because they don't understand that yeah. it takes a lot of conviction as in having uh, that much amount of wealth yeah. uh, at your disposal as well as the track record that nobody will essentially question your decisions even though it they might be speculative in nature but n- nobody would question nobody across in the in the world would question those decisions so, and, and still not doing that uh, takes a lot of courage and uh, conviction and skill set right, right. Uh, that's how i i would like to think about it and the, the best example that comes to mind is is workshire they they call it uh, i don't know if munger actually uses term or not but chain paris writes a lot about these guys right and he calls it circle of competence yeah. i think munger yeah, used in one of his speeches i'm not sure but uh, but yeah like that uh, what you said no that having a circle of circle of competence and being comfortable in being within that having no form about it like they literally missed the dot com boom but they also missed the dot com bust so right. and they were comfortable with it right? i don't think they care and i don't think and they have no uh, not just no fomo but no say ego or insecurity around saying that oh shit we don't understand this well enough or, uh, i mean Correct. some of these interviews right bill gates and uh, warren buffett are uh, quite good friends actually if you look up uh, you yeah. find a lot of right. old interviews and speeches and stuff and uh, i mean warren buffett is no slouch when it comes to tech right? because they talk about some interesting conversations that they've had and stuff but i think he thinks at least during that period he probably thought that he doesn't understand it at a level where he can you know truly put his money behind it and you know be convinced uh, do it with conviction and um, so it's hardly something that's coming out of you know lack of knowledge or ignorance or but there's no insecurity as you said right and that's quite admirable and uh, most people and including myself i don't think uh, i have it that and 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 it would be a dream to get to that sort of stage right to be a to know you really really know your shit in, in one area and not right. be affected by you know that you don't know in, uh, enough about some other area right and uh, correct yeah and trust that it will all work out even say from a material perspective trust that what you know is enough to get you where you need to go or whatever right right yeah right this is a um, very good point i feel like that's actually because i was going to um i was going to bring up some of these questions around you know what is what is really the point of money right like one we we spoke about one which is optionality 
right. but um, but the notion that you know for for most people and for most of us we've been trained to believe that success is basically wealth and wealth uh, wealth as material wealth and money but yeah. uh, is it really and you know what what is the point of it in that sense right and i feel like um we covered some of those but actually i i wanted to touch on that right so we had this conversation interesting conversation uh, a few years ago once about would you rather take like a lot of make a lot of money would be very very rich or be very famous right and right. this uh, right. uh, we had this interesting conversation about about that uh, which one would you choose that's a yeah as in it was clear in i think 2017 uh, it was 2017 yeah yeah uh, and uh, even now i think it's it's uh, it's fame it's fame over wealth mm. for sure yeah. like a professional standing of some kind or you know being in, again again comes from insecurity of not understanding what to do with money i mm. i am horrible as in uh, i mean last month we did file our uh, it returns here yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah there's a typical problem that i keep facing every year is that i just keep dumping money into fds which are like barely above as in at least the financial advice that i keep getting and i guess you also keep getting is that uh, fds barely beat beat inflation yeah, not yeah. not even in in if, if you look at the practical realities maybe not even that right uh, so but yeah i keep dumping money into uh, into banks mm. and uh, so don't understand that but yeah as in i don't have a lot of uh, as in personally speaking don't have a lot of expenses and so on uh, but yeah as in fame over uh, fame far 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 more over over wealth which is quite interesting right but if you think about it um, it is also i mean I, i i i do think you mean fame in a very different sense from what most people in our generation probably mean but um i was watching some some interview where this was mentioned right like like every kid now wants to be like a tiktok star or, or an influencer right so like gen z oh, so i don't think you mean that famous way. famous in that in the circle of competence i think if i have to just borrow that correct. term yeah famous in my circle of competence that's it correct correct that's right. right. so that's what I, that i realize but right. but very what is it it is interesting i think that um um because you brought up the uh, because you know that choice of fame that you know like i saw in some interview about how um every kid now wants to be the tiktok star or an influencer because i think the internet has made it possible to have like a lot of validation public validation so most people um get a lot of that and i think so <laughs> an entire generation is now growing up you know want seeking that and wanting that same thing right. so i think a lot of people would gravitate towards something like that and uh, broadly validation like right? not say not specifically fame um like i'm not putting you in the same bucket as people <laughs> <laughs> right. one of the tiktok stars but um, but but yeah i think that that notion of seeking validation over say wealth um, mm. is an interesting choice that um, which is funny because yeah. i would think that yeah yeah right so i i i just uh, you can complete it but i'll flip it around uh, mm-hmm. as in what what would be your answer uh i think growing up i would have probably said fame as well or you know i there is a side of me that would want some fame but i but i've now right. i think appreciated that uh, money will give me a lot more optionality especially for some of the things that i want to try uh, right be a lot more useful to me than fame so i think money hmm. probably over fame uh, but there's a side of me i think that probably wants some of that fame but at the same time is very very wary of it like i'm um, uh, right. I'm, i'm like i avoid all i avoid all social media not so much because i say a lot about oh, it's also you know attention economy and all of that right uh, 
but right right but it's also because i am i do think i'm i'm a slightly validation seeking person and i am aware of that internally so i avoid getting sucked into the trap of seeking public validation um right which is why i think i'm trying extra hard to <laughs> move away from even say like normal social media i'm posting on it and right okay but, uh, and to add to that i realized that okay no what money gives you that kind of optionality that we discussed at the start of the episode so mm. probably money yeah um so yeah on a related note i was just saying that it, um, it's funny about this this validation point because um, i do feel and this is like a purely anecdotal thought that um say when we were growing up and i mean it was sounding like one of these you know like some 60 year old uncle 60 year olds yeah creeping <laughs> about times gone past i i feel like there's there's also there's a, a desire to be um an expert at something right so success when right. i was growing up would have been to do a phd and you know become like a professor of some kind or you know, become really a, a well known research scholar or something like that right um, but but i i i i sort of i feel like that that is no longer um seen as successful because say that somebody in the profession probably doesn't make a lot of money and um hmm. that uh, okay. the reason that makes me a little bit sad is because um uh because then people a lot of people don't aspire for a some people who might be really good at some say slightly niche areas that are actually very valuable to society right but because those areas are not um as monetarily beneficial and there is so much of a delta right because uh, it probably started after tech jobs became a thing so first there was the it revolution and you know the it guys were making right. a lot more money than than say somebody in like a mechanical engineering job or electrical or whatever or or you know somebody in a teaching job or, or something like that of that sort and now and now also that sort of the next generation of uh, tech jobs right uh, mm. um startups and consumer tech and things like that so um it seems to me like a lot of uh, aspirations for you know different kinds of jobs that may not be as well paying but are well paying enough uh, are sort mm. of going away and, and you know people or maybe you know at that age uh, at at a younger age people still have it but as they grow older they realize that oh you know there's no money here and they sort of move out of it and that makes me a little bit sad because um it probably deprives us of, of some really smart uh, people in certain areas that are really important right like and this probably shows up in you know unexpected larger ways right you probably you'll see that um say in healthcare there aren't enough good people and you know a lot of vacancies in public education you know right. things like uh, and that's a larger argument or a larger discussion but um i think that because uh certain role in in the last 20 years with the advent of technology like certain roles and certain jobs became really really well paying that everybody mm-hmm. sort of flocked towards it and you know even people in other jobs who would have probably preferred that um uh don't you know uh sort of stick around there anymore right so it is something worth thinking about uh, i think that you know what happens if you sort of chase um money and obviously people i mean yeah there's i'm not arguing the opposite to stick around in in, in job that in a job that doesn't pay you much and things like that but it is worth thinking right. about that there is a redistribution of wealth that's happened because of technology as a, a driver of the economy Mm-hmm. and it's worth thinking about how it's you know is going to shape things going forward in 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 all the other fields that are um affected by you know as an implication right so that's, a, that's a yeah. very 
fair point yeah. it's a it's a very somber and like odd note random note to end on i'm sorry about that but uh, <laughs> uh but it's something that just came up and you know something i thought about before so Right. It's, it's definitely worth, worth uh, thinking about yeah yeah sure. right okay there was a um, interesting conversation so before you close achit any anything you have been reading consuming that you would like to recommend right so i have been consuming a lot of content that i have already consumed uh, in mm-hmm. the past mm-hmm. so a collection of articles uh, i mean mostly articles a couple of videos and so on um uh, as best timeless reads uh, so as to speak yeah uh, um, and a uh, whole host of um, collection across as in mostly mostly uh, related to tech and so on mm. uh, so as in it's something by ben horowitz there's something by sam altman and so on uh, most of these we have already covered i think in the past in in a few episodes as well yeah uh, one thing new uh, again it's not a new article it's uh, 2014 2015 article mm-hmm. uh, on uh, which we haven't covered and we haven't spoken about in the uh, in any of the episodes uh, is on pixar uh, so it's uh, ed catmull's article around the same time i think his book came out mm. uh, on creativity and how do they uh, have something which they call as the brain trust yeah, wherein yeah. they can facilitate having those discussions uh, very uh, discussions with candor uh, so as to give proper feedback uh, to let's say a new creation or a new innovation that is coming out mm-hmm. or a new movie that is coming out in which they get all these experts and these are these are experts in the true sense right uh, not not loosely yeah. uh, talking about experts here these not, are not these are who made uh, <laughs> exactly toy stories of the world and uh, and uh, and finding nemo and things like that as in multiple 18 uh, what successes right one after the other right, right. right uh and they bring these people together uh and highly successful people looking at feedback from peers mm-hmm. uh and getting a uh, and creating a culture essentially of uh sharing that feedback and providing that feedback uh whenever a new idea or a new uh movie is being discussed a lot of good articles or a lot of good material on that uh with regards to uh, how the the discussion went about for wally how the discussion went about for toy story 3 and so on very interesting read as well as a very uh, pertinent read so as to speak on uh, how do you ensure not creativity i think creativity makes a lot more sense for something like a pixar but essentially uh, uh, giving feedback in the true sense right because mm. i think we have discussed that in the past discussed that outside the episodes as well mm. uh, that people don't really give good high quality feedback to each other right because they are um they would they want to be it it they they just would like to be nice to each other rather than giving quality uh, feedback to each other this is a really great uh, set of points actually like i'd love to read this um like a f- fine article on i think fast company that's the uh, that's the article yeah hmm okay we will share that link in the show notes uh, a couple of years ago actually interestingly i was just thinking about something and i uh, ended up googling this that you know Uh, this is around the time i think when frozen really hit it big right and um it's worth mention what's worth what remembering that disney acquired pixar uh, in part to save disney animation right? disney animation had a string of flops and they were nowhere and, and in the last right. few years actually pixar which famously never used to make sequels made a couple of sequels which underperformed and um, and 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 you know, instead um, i mean primarily didn't make sequels like toy story was one but Like they made Cars three, which I think didn't do that well, and there's another one. 
So Pixar was like underperforming, right. but, but at the same time, Disney had Frozen, and I think they had uh, another movie like which was like, which was like really big, and uh, and uh, and then you know they won it, Frozen won an Oscar as well, I think, and you know which was a big turnaround. Right. So the idea that now Disney animation is outperforming uh, Pixar is like a big deal. And so I, I I was just googling around and reading a little bit about how how did you know they managed this turnaround. I read about mm-hmm. this brain trust and things like that. So one of the things that they right. did was they they instituted the same brain trust process in um, in Disney animation as well. And uh, a couple of interesting articles. Right. Like, so it's that also is a topic for something for because the fact that they could take that to a to a company that was far more illustrious and like much older as well, and you know managed to transfer mm-hmm. that as well. So quite. Uh, I think if I, if I find something on that, I'll add it to this. Yeah, I I think this uh, is this mentioned in the book as well. In creativity or uh, ride of a lifetime. Uh, ride of a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. In ride of a lifetime, he mentions how he quoted them and why he bought them out. So okay. The, the ride of a lifetime focuses. And then the post acquisition integration is that is that not a lot there or is just on the integration on on Most, just the acquisition. Mostly on the acquisition, not a lot on the okay. integration. Apart from generally saying that oh, you know, Pixar is doing really well and um, <laughs> right. is doing really well and stuff like that. But but he does talk about you know the discussion with Jobs and the discussion with Catmull and Lasseter and stuff like that. Right. right. Um, so yeah, th- yeah. Thanks for bringing that up, Karay. That's a book also we discussed that year a few episodes ago. And in that, doesn't it? I think I, I think the the Steve Jobs book also has a very interesting chapter on this. Uh, yes. I think the material that's there, it's very it's very well written there. It's very well captured. Hmm. Uh, the the Pixar story and so on. It's, yeah. it's well captured there. Interestingly, I was reading a few months ago about. How Jobs ended up as a majority owner of Pixar, right? Basically, Pixar was basically running out of money, and then I think he lent them like he first lent them some money, then he lent them some more money, then he then he just bought them out outright, and he put fifty million dollars in. Like, and and this is like still pre like two three years before Toy Story. I think it's like nineteen ninety or something. Like that. So that's like five right. years before Toy Story, and finally Toy Story worked out. But until then, it was not really you know he he lost a lot of money up front actually. So. Right. It was a bet. We don't realize, you know, that these guys are true pioneers. They literally invented what we know of as common, you know, modern-day movie animation. So not right. the tweaks and all they invented from scratch. Anyway, great, uh, great recommendation. Um, One downside, and this is uh, again a, a disclaimer to everybody who reads that article, as in it happened with me. So uh, after I read that article, went into this YouTube rabbit hole of uh, essentially looking at clips. Of Pixar movies that I I enjoy, right? Uh, the finest one, as in a recommendation, if Your you want to is. have a recommendation, is uh, um, uh, the the Up. critic scene at uh, in in Ratatouille, right at the end when he oh, okay. uh, finds it out. Once Antonio uh, found finds I, out that a rat has uh, has cooked his meal. Just a heads up, I he haven't watched any of these movies. By the way, I'm not a fan of okay. animated movies. I've literally watched one animated movie in the last ten years. I think Toy Story three and maybe Ice Age five or something. My apologies. So again, for for you, I think the recommendation would be Ratatouille. I think I, I that's my personal. You also told me about the uh, starting of Up. I think when the uh, old people. Oh, age starting age. of Up is is unbelievably yeah, brilliant. I, I went to watch that on YouTube. Makes, makes you cry. Makes you yeah. cry. Yeah, yeah. You told me after you told me about it, I went to watch that actually on YouTube. So that, that was it was really sweet. I liked it. Um, yeah. Right. But yeah, I think uh, barely watched any. 
as in you need to as in uh, again a recommendation slightly off topic here but a recommendation would be that you need to watch uh, these I animation think. movies right? yeah. no not all, all of them basically as in starting from toy story to i think uh, yeah to go on a like, to go off on a uh, tangent like I, i didn't watch most of them in the 2000s and then i think i watched uh, toy story 3 which i thought was really didact- didactic and preachy and i didn't enjoy it and after that i got sort of turned off of uh, and animated movies hmm interesting but i mean a lot of more interesting like i mean again to go on a bit of a tangent like like animation which is owned by uh phil knight's son actually i think he runs it rather than phil knight owns it right. the nike mm-hmm. nike founder uh and it's right. run by his son um they've done some really interesting work in recent years that's quite uh, highly um and it's it's a very different kind of animation very um uh and you know that's also been praised quite highly and you know there's some interesting takes in animation even some of the stuff that um who else i mean i mean of course dreamworks is there but there's another studio as well which did um, who are the ones who did coraline and, oh yeah coraline was this only like like only mm-hmm. really interesting you know takes on animation which i do plan to watch um but yeah i mean we'll get there uh yeah, right. what have you been consuming chatanya <laughs> nothing uh, worth recommending apart like i mean we started by talking about psychology of money right so i highly recommend that book Right. Um, so I finished that I think a week ago, but I haven't really picked up anything since, and I don't really have any articles to um, recommend. So it's just that one book. Uh, I think that's a that's a uh, that's a good book. What you mentioned is uh, most most books are blogs essentially. Yeah. Uh, and the blog was fabulous, of course. I think we'll share the link to the blog as well. Yeah. Uh, and this book was really uh, a blog article, a blog post, but it it turned out to be much better. And like. <laughs> ironically right? like that's that's what you said right yeah. before before i think before the episode before we started recording you were you're talking about how this book is much much better than uh, the that's podcast exactly. uh, than the uh, than the blog article yeah yeah would highly recommend and uh, maybe take the like i guess the the aim is to take some of that kind of thinking right that think bringing that clarity in your own life about what you value and why you value it and things like that no? right sort of that's probably more important than um, any technical lesson itself that the book might provide but it, it offers very little that uh, on that front but yeah would highly recommend it okay um i think on that note um, a good episode i think our first of the new year so this is our third yeah. i think <laughs> third year of doing what you know it's not it's only more than a year and a half but It was spread across yeah, uh, three calendar years. Three, three calendar years, yeah. Which is a worthy achievement. So congratulations, Asit. Yeah. Um, congratulations. And uh, take care, everyone. Uh, stay safe and uh, happy listening. All right. Happy listening. Thank you.